0: Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters,
1: Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the Newsbusters lair, where we watch ABC, CBS, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, even PBS. It's why our boss Brent Baker wanted to make a t-shirt where our motto was, we like to watch, but I felt as a Buckley family formation, we should decline. Uh, it has an ineffable evocation of eroticism. It has tawdry demi semi of Ravel's Bolero. Well, anyway, William F. Buckley spoke to an early MRC event here way back in the days, and he actually used the term demi-semi-quavers. <laughs> I had to look it up before Googling. Yes, it is a British term for musical notes. Uh, Anyway, I can't do Buckley like Robin Williams. He even put it into Aladdin, you know, provisos, quid pro quos. We took my boy Ben to see Aladdin in the theater. I don't think he was three yet. And he toddled down into the front row to watch it. We kind of let it go. Okay, he's here. I think the wife took him to Beauty and the Beast for about ten minutes. Too young. Too young. Our real topic today is Liz Cheney getting clobbered in her primary last night. And let's just start with this message. Dear media elite, the Liz loss does not mean Trump controls the GOP. It does mean that the GOP controls the GOP and does not take orders from you. You know, the media is always demanding that the GOP shape itself exactly the way liberals want it to be shaped. And then they say the Republicans are always about to land on the ash heap of history when it runs a different race or governs on a different course. Here to discuss the history and the politics and the media bias, our Director of Research, Scott Whitlock, who is a history nerd and a media bias nerd.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. (laughs)
1: Let's just start with what we might call the moral victory speech last night from Liz Cheney. Everybody focused... On how she compared herself to President Lincoln.
2: The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history.
1: I think the word for this is Trumpy. I mean, the media rightly mocked Trump for maybe I did more for the blacks than Lincoln. Even if you could argue, he could have said I've done more for the blacks than Obama. That would have been enough to upset the media. So, you know, how did that hit you as Lincoln scholar?
0: Well, I, I am not a Liz Cheney hater, but both those the, that comment as well as the the Grant comparison were just really kind of r- ridiculous, and, and they don't they don't strike one as humble in any way uh, to compare yourself to Lincoln or to compare yourself to Grant. And one of our other um, history scholars here at the MRC, uh, uh, our colleague Alex, uh, pointed out that when she compared herself to Grant, Grant had a pretty uh, powerful, strong army behind him, and she does not. Clearly, she doesn't in this uh, congressional race or if she runs for president so it's just a really weird comparison but of course the media ate it up we saw it all over the shows this morning yeah i it's not a bad
1: idea to cite historical examples you know and and try to align yourself with where lincoln wanted to take the country it's the fact that she made it sound like Uh, Lincoln lost important elections until the presidential race, implying that's going to be her course, that she lost this thing 66 to 29. And the uh, the obvious next step is running for president. Let's take a listen to what she where she actually mentioned Ulysses Grant.
2: Instead of turning north back towards Washington and safety, Grant turned his horse south toward Richmond and the heart of Lee's army. Refusing to retreat, he pressed on to victory. Lincoln and Grant and all who fought in our nation's tragic civil war, including my own great-great-grandfathers, saved our union. Their courage saved freedom.
1: Now, I know this is especially offensive to Mr. Whitlock, whose son is named Grant. (laughs) But yes, I, I, I liked how Alex Christie was tweeting about how Grant's strategy was predicated on the the idea that I have the numbers advantage, so I will win in the end. That's not even close to Liz Cheney. Then he went into this whole, a better analogy for Cheney would be to avoid defeat a la George Washington, team up with Rochambeau and DeGrasse, and then meet Cornwallis at Yorktown. But Cheney and too many anti-Trumpers refused to swallow their pride and team up with the non-Trumpers. And then he started... uh, comparing her to the German 6th army at Stalingrad and then he <laughs> then he starts referring to the Falkland Islands war and I wasn't going to google that. I don't know if you remember your Falkland Islands war analogies as an anglophile.
0: Not sure if I could quite go down that road. Yeah, Alex Alex is great with the history comparisons, but no, look, I mean the the, the Grant comparison was as you said it was kind of absurd and just the fact that when the media just regurgitates these things they don't they don't question it at all as you said if donald trump or well, when donald trump has, has made these comparisons they just kind of tear their hair out but there's just no sort of pause or questioning as you said that you lose a congressional race badly your next step is the presidency it's true that lincoln went from congress to the white house essentially But citing the exception as the norm is is never a good idea because for most people, most uh, congressmen, congresswomen who lose, their next step is not the presidency.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they're lucky, they could win their their House seat back again. I don't think anybody would think that's going to be something she can do. I think that, there, yeah, somebody like Ronald Reagan would cite Lincoln, and he would not compare himself to Lincoln. He would basically do it in a way of sort of burnishing you know, America's special place in the country. There is no problem for a Republican to speak well of American history as opposed to the Democrats whose version of American history is all slavery and terrorism and whatever. I mean, they you know, are going right up to George Floyd. I mean, American history is just one long slog of racism and sexism and homophobia. Uh, but I think that the, you know, it, it sort of underlines the whole problem that Liz Cheney has had. It's like uh, the, there was one issue in this race for her, and it was Trump. And, and then the media came around and said, well, the problem here is that the Trump has a stranglehold on the GOP. No, the problem here is, I think you agree with me, she couldn't stop talking about that to the exclusion
0: of everything else. Right. Yeah. Before we started, I I said that, uh, you know, if someone asked her about agriculture or something like that, or some very regional issue in Wyoming, she would respond with Trump. That's that's all she responded with. And yes, that is why she lost. It is because she made everything about Trump. And You know, look. The polls show that Republican voters really kind of resented that they don't, they did not think by about 61% of them that she was representing Wyoming, that she was in it to be the I hate uh, Trump Republican, and that's that's not what the they wanted. Well, I think
1: that you know, her career there was always going to be two-sided because she didn't really grow up in Wyoming. You know, she spent time there because obviously her dad was a congressman from there, so. She appeared in Wyoming, didn't really grow up in Wyoming. And so you had that advantage of the Cheney name, but you also, yeah, it felt like a bit of a carpetbagger uh, uh, thing. And so, yes, when she decided she was basically running, I mean, you could argue it sounded like she's been running for president for the last two years. That's, That's exactly what people are like. We wanted somebody who actually cared about Wyoming. And even the way she campaigned, Scott. You know she didn't make grand appearances she didn't do rallies she showed up in little private home appearances and then would tell reporters like the guys of the new york times there's too many death threats for me to actually campaign
0: right and and i think it just gets back to this idea of you know running as the media candidate and she came out recently and said she wouldn't accept Ron DeSantis as the presidential nominee in 2024. And I think for a lot of Republicans, uh, particularly you know, Republicans who, who don't like Trump all that much, they kind of look at that and go, what? Because that that is the issue. for you. Know, the media wants all Republicans who don't like Trump to become Bill Kristol, to become this person who is going to kind of reject everything that they previously believed because you can't be on the side of Donald Trump. Whereas a lot of conservative Republicans, uh, they, you know, if they don't like Trump, they don't like him to varying degrees, but they're not suddenly gonna become a liberal Democrat just in order to prove a point.
1: Yeah, and I think that obviously many Republicans would say, okay, Trump was elected, we went along with that, but we don't have to do that again. DeSantis seems like he's got some of the same appeal and he seems so much smarter about it. And so everybody sees him as a smarter Trump to Liz Cheney, that's a smarter Satan, so she can't have it. Um, and I just think it's the that was really, I think, a defining statement for her that so many people who are who are Republicans who aren't fans of Trump would just be like, she sounds like a Democrat. She does, or some sort of Evan McMullen independent. She does not sound like a Republican, uh, or she wants, you know, what. Uh, Larry Hogan uh you know that that brand let's talk for a minute about uh we we talked about the moral victory speech and then there's the 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 sappy interview on the today show this morning or mostly sappy
0: right yeah so uh she was on for about 10 minutes on the today show this morning which is a that's mm-hmm. long for these morning shows yep. but three times Savannah Guthrie basically pressed her to uh to say that she wanted the Democrats to to win the midterms and you know Liz Cheney I guess still enough of a Republican that she would not she would not go <laughs> along with that but the first question is let's get back to the primary season it's almost over now 64 percent of Republicans who have won their primaries are election deniers she did not cite where she came up with that number um, this is your red line this is uh, who is coming to Congress if Republic uh, Republicans com- prevail and control congress given that state of affairs do you think it would be better for the country if democrats retained control
1: yeah i mean this is let's discuss this just for a minute as you raise the issue and that is that that using a term like election denier which has become very common uh, like climate denier uh, they don't use the word denier for anything else we always like to say that the Abortion advocates are the baby deniers and the right. transgenders are the, are, you know, genital deniers or whatever, reality deniers. Um, and, yeah, it depends on the question and how it's asked. I think you and I would say Biden won, so we're not election deniers in in that sense. Right. But I think we also went out and did polling and said, did you feel the election was rigged by the way that the media suppressed damaging information to Biden, most specifically the, the Hunter Biden laptop, um, and that would suggest that the media on some level rigged the, uh, rigged the election through its use of information. Now, I suppose you could argue with you people at MRC have been saying the media rigs elections no matter whether they're close or not close, but uh, that's where words matter. You know, I don't think of us as election deniers, but we would also agree with the idea that this race to some extent was rigged, although you could also say the media spent five years trashing Trump backwards, forwards in every which way. It's it really was more about how they pussyfooted on the Bidens.
0: Yeah. And, and the, look, when they say election denier, uh, OK, did Donald Trump win the election? And landslide? no, he did not. Uh, that's definitely not true that that, you know, Donald Trump won the election. However, You know, as you said, yeah, the media doesn't—they didn't want to talk about things uh, like the New York Post story. They don't want to talk about Hunter Biden. So if you kind of say, "Look, you did your best to make sure that Biden got over the finish line," then they'll tag you as election deniers. But but just getting back to Guthrie to read her second question, Mm -hmm. she says uh, she clearly didn't get the the answer she wanted. She says, "Let me try one more time." House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she fears for our very democracy if Republicans win in November. Do you? And I think that just shows it's So it's not enough for Cheney. She's become a media hero, but it's never enough for them because they want her to go farther. They want her to fully embrace the idea that, well, Democrats should win the midterms. That's the only logical conclusion.
1: Now, it's not— wrong, Scott, to look at her record on this January 6th committee and this whole crusade suggesting that Donald Trump is the opposite of democracy or that Donald Trump's voters are the opposite of democracy, to take that and to turn around to her and say, well, based on what you've been saying, wouldn't you agree that the Republicans shouldn't take the majority? That's not an unreasonable thing. But yes, Liz Cheney's trying to avoid the obvious, which is she's I'm not a Democrat. Well, but you're very much someone the Democrats love. And she's very much someone the Democrats were piling their money into in this campaign. Let's go back and remind you, the New York Times was reporting that the Hollywood left was pouring money into into Liz Cheney's yeah. campaign. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Right. And so 43,000 from Jeffrey Katzenberg, one of the largest Democrat donors in the United States, and that would help explain this weird strategy she had where it's like, well, I'm going to close this campaign with a national ad buy on Fox News attacking Trump. What the hell did that have to do with Wyoming? It, it had everything to do, I think, with pleasing the Democrat donor she has.
0: Right. And, and, and sort of, again, I think the, the, the media's kind of ultimate goal in all this is they want Republicans to be I mentioned Bill Crystal before or uh, Nicole Wallace is a good example mm-hmm. where Nicole Wallace has made the 100 percent full transition from working for the the Bush White House and being a Republican to being a total liberal Democrat and saying that she doesn't vote for Republicans anymore and she wants the Democrats to win. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where they, they want her to end up and where they really want all Republicans to end up. It, it is not enough to to say um, you know, you disagree with Trump on things or to uh, criticize him when he needs to be criticized. They want you to you, know, you have to become a Democrat, full Democrat. Nothing else is good enough.
1: Or, you know, the, I think what the Reaganites would have said in the in the 70s was that the Nixon and Ford Republicans were were me too Republicans, you know, me too, but for 10 percent less spending or, you know, under Bob Michael, they used to say they're the get along go along Republicans is that. Bob Michael wanted to go golfing with Tip O'Neill. This is, this this you know, the attack. Um, and they didn't really fight. They really never aspired to taking the majority. That's where Gingrich comes in and says, no, let's go get the majority. And then the media really freaks out because, yes, the, the Democrats being in charge of everything is exactly how the media like it. Um, and then there's just the whole arrogance of them always saying that if the Republicans win— then democrats the democracy is losing and and talk about election denial they're denying the idea that republicans winning is actually a, a democratic result doesn't that what's what what they're implying here
0: yeah yeah no i it it is it's the end of the demo, end of democracy if we don't get what we want and look Republican voters in Wyoming overwhelmingly rejected Liz Cheney. And you can speculate about the reasons or whatever, but that's that's what happened. And you kind of got to accept it. And you either accept a democracy or you don't. We've also n- not seen this huge outcry of uh, Democrats going into Republican primaries and trying to pick these um, weak candidates or election-denying candidates, as they say, which is, is, is so bizarre because if you think someone is a threat to democracy and you have Democrats helping them get the nomination, mm-hmm. well, it's possible they might win in the fall. It's a very dangerous thing, and the media, they're not outraged about that.
1: I think it's more likely that we'll have more what they call election-denier Republicans winning in the fall than we're seeing among the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach Trump over the, over the riot. Right. You know, we're we're at 8 of 10. 8 of 10. Four four retired rather than run for re-election like Kinzinger and four were defeated and two won their primaries. But I mean, it's one of those things that again, you understand the logic of wanting to impeach Trump because what he did on January 6th is not what a president should do, but it just ends up being terrible politics. It just it, again, it feels to other Republicans Like you were trying to say, can we get Biden two weeks early or something? It was just not a smart choice. But, you know, it is amazing that you can find these people on MSNBC who will stick up for the idea that the Democrats should be backing Trumpers as a strategic move.
0: Yeah, that's honestly, that's really all the Republicans you basically see on MSNBC. If it's not Bill Crystal or Nicole Wallace, it's it's Michael Steele. It's, yeah. You go on MSNBC to be a Republican, to trash Republicans and say, I want Democrats to win. Or Steve Schmidt. I The, the list goes on.
1: My uh, Mrs. Graham doesn't like it when I make jokes like this. But it's like, yes, they used to suggest basically that Michael Steele wasn't really black when he headed the Republican National Committee. You know, they... They always thought, oh, that's get along, go along. You know, it's not in the interest of the black people. And so, Michael Steele, by becoming this sort of full-throated Democrat on MSNBC, he's now authentically, you know, he's just there with Al Sharpton. Uh, now, you you also suggested they had these the grand and glorious questions about the soul of the Republican Party that had to come up.
0: Well, yeah, that that was kind of uh, the the last one. So here's the quote you are now the latest House Republican who has crossed party lines and voted to impeach President Trump uh, to not be retaining your seat. Only two have won in their primaries. People will talk about the battle for the soul of the Republican Party. You have said there's a time for choosing whether we're loyal to the Constitution or loyal to Trump, and we must choose. Has that choice been made by Republicans fundamentally? So it's basically the same question. The other two questions were, please say you want Democrats to uh, win the house and now it's it's please say that republicans have given up their soul uh in order uh, to serve donald trump
1: or that the republicans are against the constitution and this is where again they this is where the the question is just fundamentally biased and that is if you said the democrats in this country have no uh reverence for the constitution savannah guthrie probably lose you know her mind like how dare you you know, it's it, as usual. the The smears of Republicans are valid rhetoric, and when you criticize the Democrats for only thinking Constitution matters when it comes to aborting babies, you know, or making sure that Islamic terrorists don't get waterboarded, you, so you're against uh, uh, you're against torturing terrorists, but you're for killing babies. That's a really interesting take, um, but you, yeah, these are the things you just can't say. Now, one last thing, uh, and that is the Star Wars analogies are breaking up.
0: Yes. Well, today and yesterday, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and uh, read the, the question. Word on the street is that your team uh, your team was fond of an editorial that likened you to Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, who said to Darth Vader essentially as they duked it out, if you strike me down, I'll be stronger in death. That's not the quote. <laughs> is that how you see it? You're stronger in political death this morning? So that was yesterday, and they did it again. Uh, I'm sorry, that was today, and they did it again uh, yesterday. And this comes from a Jonathan Capehart Uh, Column comparing her to Obi Wan Kenobi, who is killed in Episode Four of Star Wars, uh, but says, "If you strike me down, I shall become stronger than you can possibly imagine." And and so yeah, so that that is the idea that she is now Obi Wan Kenobi. But of course, it's a little funny because they thought Dick Cheney was Darth Vader. So our point was kind of, well, well, who is it? Who is it, Darth Vader? Is it is it Cheney? Is it Donald Trump?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I came down the hallway yesterday with, uh, uh, I think it was a Kyle Drennan piece from 2011 where Jamie Gangel on the Today Show was suggesting that Cheney's, Dick Cheney has been described as Darth Vader by his enemies. And it's like, yes, and, and they often used terms like dark and darkness, you know, the darkness that is Cheney. And, and, and that's one of those things that how did Dick Cheney respond to that? Did he, did he attack anybody in the media? No. He went on Morning Joe. I remember this. He went on Morning Joe while he was vice president or maybe it was shortly after and said he he watched Morning Joe every day.
0: <laughs> right. A a, a famous uh, Chris Matthews quote that we all sort of remembered this week was he described Liz Cheney as the daughter of Dracula. Mm-hmm. So th- yeah, this is where where we are and this is the the full kind of turn that we've come to where we've gone from her dad was Darth Vader to now she is Obi-Wan Kenobi fighting Darth Vader. And, and that's where the media is. I mean, your value to them is kind of situational and dependent on who you're attacking. And, and they don't seem any kind of hypocrisy or weirdness that they're going from the daughter of Dick Cheney, who they despise, to now she is Obi-Wan Kenobi, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I like some of these things we pulled up. Uh, Ed Schultz on MSNBC in 2010. There's a couple of gals who've been riding the wave of crazy that's been sweeping the nation's right-wingers. Shooter's little girl, Liz Cheney, has been hitting the lecture circuit, parroting daddy's fear-mongering rhetoric. I mean, this, this that was the standard line. And then, you've got to like Chris Hayes when he said... Uh, and imagine them seeing this today. Liz Cheney is truly one of the
0: most odious presences in American politics today. Liz Cheney does not just argue her point of view. She boils up a stew of the most repugnant, factless, fear-mongering propaganda to rile up the darkest forces of the far political fringe. Now, whatever you think about her father, you got to allow Dick Cheney this. He came about his infamy honestly. He is a real up by the bootstraps kind of villain. But Liz Cheney is the knockoff version. She's a legacy case, a toxic example of what affirmative action for overprivileged white people looks like. So I just want to go back real quick to the Ed Schultz comment because there there were several other of those. We put together a package you can find on Newsbusters of what they were saying about Liz Cheney then. But you can hear the kind of sexism in Ed Schultz's Uh, discussion. And, And he wasn't alone. It really was very, you know, what the liberal media would call misogynistic. And my point in kind of dredging up a lot of these quotes is that kind of sexism was okay then because they hated Dick Cheney and they hated her. But now if you said that type of thing about Liz Cheney, that that would be disgusting and it would be inappropriate. And it's kind of like what you were saying about Michael Steele, whether you're a woman or a minority and how you're treated by the media depends on if you are a conservative a Republican or a liberal Democrat, because th- they don't really have a problem of throwing these type of, you know, horrible comments at you as long as you're a conservative or a Republican.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're supposed to be on the reservation, as they say, You you know, you there's the right side. Uh, for women and minorities and then there's the self-loathing side and that's that is the way that it comes about i just get a kick out of the whole idea that she's white affirmative action for overprivileged white people and i'm like oh you mean like luke russert (laughs) right (laughs) or uh, i mean you could argue this would be mean chris wallace i mean name any number of people who uh, who are you know who got where they were in part because they had famous or you know Famous dads or dads in the industry that they were in, you know, that they may have had a leg up, but, they, you know, they ultimately make a name for yourself. Now, let's turn to the, the, the idea of the future of Liz Cheney. You know, Mark Finkelstein reported this morning on New Day, they brought on polling analyst Harry Enton. Now, this guy and not John Avalon is the guy that gives you the reality check. Listen her net favorability rating, that's her favorable, minus her unfavorable. Among all voters, it's at minus 10 points. It's underwater. Among Republicans, not surprisingly, it's well underwater at minus 53. Independents, minus 17. Of course, that might be the group she might want to appeal to. Uh, She does have a base within the Democrat party, right, at plus 36. Uh, And that's not surprising, given that the two counties she won last night in Wyoming were, in fact, two counties that Joe Biden carried. But overall here, I'm just not quite sure, given this number, uh, what she's exactly going to do, especially to stop Donald Trump, given how far underwater she is. Now, this is what CNN doesn't really want to acknowledge. I think they know it, that that she is, uh, she is complete anathema to most Republicans. I think maybe the 17 percent disadvantage among independents is a bit surprising. But I think maybe you've got some independents who still dislike Dick Cheney. Um, and then... CNN's Nia Malika Henderson admitted the obvious that now Liz Cheney's base is the media.
2: In so many ways, Liz Cheney is a person without a party. I mean, her party in many ways is the Beltway media. Um, And, you know, she might get grand profiles in the Atlantic and maybe she gets a cable news deal. But in terms of having actual Republicans who will follow her, uh, we we can see in the polling, we can see in the results from this race. But th- that she, you know, is a person on an island in in her party.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of amazing. Just the the, uh, the idea that she would admit that, because yes, it's it's absolutely true. They they are her base, and that's where this kind of thing is. This is a media-generated story. Is it is it a story that uh, someone like Liz Cheney? Uh, loss, Yes, of course it is. But she was a lone congresswoman from Wyoming. And the media is making it as big a deal as it is uh, because, you know, it's something they want to obsess over.
1: Well, it, it is funny, and I think that this is where Harry Enton's getting to a point, that, that, that they all know, which is when you lose a primary, 66 to 29, do you say, well, now the natural obvious answer is I'll run for president. Now, I mean, you could joke, one of my— favorites rick santorum lost his senate race in pennsylvania and ran for president not that that went well um it shouldn't be this is you know it shouldn't be uh something that knocks you out of running for president but it you don't exactly look like you got a ton of momentum Uh, yeah I, i wanted to draw attention to what dan rather tweeted and this this is the nub of the problem when your base is dan rather right and conservative haters at vox this is who you this is your base. Dan Rather tweeted before the results came in yesterday. If Liz Cheney is defeated today as expected, I would not frame it as her losing. Well, that's <laughs> Wow, that's classic Dan Rather. Right. <laughs> it is a loss for Wyoming, the Republican Party and the nation. Uh, and and somebody uh, got in there and said Dan Rather jumped off a cliff trying to take down Bush Cheney 2004. I mean, that's that's the irony of all of this is that Dick Cheney and George W. Bush were the evil empire that Dan Rather actually pretty much destroyed his career to try to take down Bush and Cheney and now she's she's the hero. It it is an amazing turnaround.
0: Yeah. It, it I mean as like I said it, it's your your value to the media, if you're a Republican, is situational based on you know what you're saying now because they have made a complete turn. Uh, you mentioned Dan Rather, Al Franken, not not in the uh, uh, not a journalist, although he uh, did host uh, Kimmel last night, mm. but he endorsed uh, Liz Cheney as well, and and yes, that is a problem for Republicans. You cannot expect more. Republi- uh, most Republicans, especially Republicans who may not follow every little thing that's happening in the news like we do, but they notice when uh, someone like Al Franken or Dan Rather or these people who they don't like are endorsing Liz Cheney, and, yeah, that's not helpful to her. It's not going to be helpful if you're a Republican.
1: Now, her one of the things that was trending on Twitter last night and this morning was... Um trump 93 their their whole notion was that as a congresswoman during the trump presidency she voted for the trump position 93 percent of the time this may be true it also doesn't reflect liz cheney in 2021 and 2022 but it does scott remind me of john mccain Hmm. which is his voting record was much more conservative sounding than the way he was on television now, and, and I think we need to underline this whole idea, and that is that when John McCain said conservative things on the Senate floor or elsewhere, the media often didn't pick them up. Right. It would be the same for Liz Cheney. I'm sure Liz Cheney's saying staunch things about Russia and Ukraine, probably not really the story they wanted to do, although I guess all the liberals have their Ukraine flags on their Twitter accounts, which is fine.
0: I just, you know, real quick, yeah, you're absolutely right about that, because I remember... I think we were talking about this back in the spring where Liz Cheney was on a couple of the networks hammering Biden over Ukraine. And I just kind of remember being sort of surprised at the time. It's like, wow, Liz Cheney is on and being quoted for something other than how much she uh, she hates Donald Trump. So you, you're right. I mean, these type of things generally with McCain or Cheney, it's, it's about rhetoric and, and they like the rhetoric when it's, anti-republican or moderate sounding or whatever you want to call it when it came to john mccain but they don't they don't like the voting record they're not going to talk about it and when they say conservative things they're not interested in it
1: i mean let's go back for younger listeners that back when uh when mccain ran against george w bush in 2000 he referred to the republican or bush establishment as the death star see we we got all those star wars metaphors all the time but they love this whole idea of McCain saying Bush was the Death Star. that They were happy about that. No fact checkers would get involved and say, that's a movie. That has nothing to do with reality. But uh, yeah, there, was, there is that notion of somebody who votes conservative, but rhetorically sounds more liberal, especially the way their comments are presented by the media, where it'd be easy if you only watched television. You would equate Liz Cheney with with nancy pelosi they said a lot of the same things and i i you know i appreciate the way that she framed things during the january 6 hearings in the framing of reverence for the constitution and reverence for democratic norms and and reverence for you know uh, respecting when you've lost and having a peaceful change in power and yeah. that that sounds fine um but there's always the, the the whole problem here was, yes, the Democrats, we all know, also have problems with these principles. You know, the, the, the Democrats had problems with this in the year 2000. The Democrats objected the results in 04. The yep. Democrats objected to the results in 2016. Some of the members of the January 6th committee had objected to previous elections. And the only defense they had that Trump didn't have was they sort of did it as a January 6th you know, exercise, a rhetorical show, and then the, the, we moved on. Although you can argue, you've seen these clips of Terry McAuliffe saying... Uh, Gore won yeah, Years after
0: we, we might call some of those people election deniers <laughs> uh, Particularly in 2004 Yeah, now obviously the difference is You didn't have the January 6th riot So which, you know, completely uh, Acknowledge that uh, caveat But rhetorically, some of the things They were saying in 2000 2004 and, and you know 2016 is they, they weren't Accepting uh, these Republican presidents as legitimately Elected presidents
1: yeah i mean this entire this entire century that we're in they've been denying that republican victories are actual republican victories and then they lecture us about election denying so that is part of the point so if you want to keep up with the way we're keeping track of the 2022 midterms and the way too early speculation about 2024 you come to newsbusters once twice 24 times a day thanks for listening